Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins. I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and the K1 Women's Assistant Director, Beth Ann Lampley. Hello, everybody. Beth Ann, we have come a long way. We have. A long way in the Cry of the Heart series. We're actually on the last episode. Wow. Feels pretty good. It does. It's I been f- so fun. I must admit, I feel a little bit more emotionally stable <laughs> <laughs> yes. after processing all That's this. That's the goal. Which is so good. Really fun timing right now. We, at, at the release of this podcast, we're in the middle of staff training. Campers are right around the corner. They the are. energy is through the roof. But then how are you feeling about it? It feels like Christmas Eve. And I feel this way for days leading up to campers coming of all the work that you've put in. And I just picture them packing their trunks, planning out what they're going to wear on the Canacuck bus, arriving to camp, meeting their counselors. It's so much fun. I know. I cannot wait. You know what I love first night? I love first night getting them in for K-Life. This K-Life is our worship events. And the energy is palpable. It is. It's through the roof. You can literally feel it. Or maybe that's just because, uh, you know, yeah. we don't have air conditioning. Well, no doubt. But Canacuck <laughs> engineers have done a great job building these facilities because uh, normal facilities would explode under this kind that's of pressure. Right. So great times. We're super excited. And uh, we're super excited to put the capstone on this series. We're sitting here with Joe White. Well, this is going to be a fun one today that every parent really wants to listen to. And then, honestly, every child of God needs to listen to. And every best friend needs to listen to. Every coach, every teacher. This one applies to every listening year that's on our podcast today. So today we are talking about discipline. And a fun fact, we all know the word disciple, which means a follower of Christ. We actually get the word disciple from discipline. Um, And we know 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So we're super excited to dive into this topic today. And the idea for this topic and the lens we want you to think through this is not of discipline as punishment, but as guidance. It's training. It's it's shaping. It's used to point us in the right direction. You know, B.A., I see discipline, especially from a parent's viewpoint or as a coach or a teacher or a mentor to a younger person, which we do all the time at Kennecuck, Uh as, as a potter's wheel. It's one of my little hobbies. I love to get with my grandkids and make little little uh, pottery uh, cups and bowls and pitchers and things. And it's a great, great word picture of what discipline, especially in a family, really mean. And the idea comes from Isaiah 64, verse 8, where the prophet said to God, you're our father and we're your clay. You're our potter and each of us is the work of your hands And so as we as a parent take on the hands of God, if you will, and as our kids are our clay, 
then every parent wants to get a PhD in biblical discipline. Because if you biblically discipline well, uh, those little guys and those little uh, gals that are going to graduate from your home when they're headed off to college or to a trade school or to a job somewhere, they're going to be able to walk away doing a really great job living out their lives. You know, too much discipline or too little discipline, or if discipline is too passive or if it's too harsh, they all equal insecurity. They all equal egoism. They all equal a lack of confidence or a lack of creativity or lack of conscience. You know, love without discipline equals rebellion. And and, And discipline without love equals the same thing, rebellion. And it's a poor picture of God because God, as a potter, is always shaping us. He's not beating us. He's not, you know, hammering us with guilt and shame, but his hands are always on the clay. It's it's like a dear old 83-year-old friend of mine, Dr. Horace Wood, said one time, he said, you know, Joe, he said, God loves you just like you are, but he loves you too much to leave you like that. And so God shapes us to be more and more in the image of Christ. Joe, Hebrews 12, 6, it says, For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he punishes every son whom he accepts. And I love how discipline is paired with love. We can't experience true love without discipline being a facet of that love. And I'm also reminded, you know, when Jesus is um, teaching the Beatitudes, he said, blessed are the meek. And that word meek in the Greek, it was the word for an Arabian stallion and that had been broken, bridled, and tamed. And, and I love that analogy because when you watch a wild Mustang out in you know, God's creation running wild and free, it is certainly a sight to behold. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's majestic. But there's no value to it. There's no value until it's been broken, bridled, and tamed. And so it is with us in our faith as we walk with Jesus. And so I just see the value of bringing this wild stallion under control, and then God can use us. Yeah. So just a word of warning, if you happen to be a parent listening to this podcast, we hope you are. Um, Dad's daughters can really pull the wool over your eyes. And moms, sons can really pull the wool over your eyes as well. And when a dad tries to discipline a son and the mom interferes, or a, or a mom tries to discipline a daughter and the dad interferes, marital strife is exactly what you're going to get. Boys don't fool their dads very much, moms. And and dads, daughters don't fool their moms very much. And so let the mom (laughs) have insight, especially in daughters, and let the dads have insight, moms, especially in sons. You'll be a whole lot happier. Joe, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable hearing you say that. I'm thinking back to my uh, younger self. It's and exposing, I, isn't it? I feel a little exposed. I may have done that, sorry, Dad, uh, a few times pulling the wool over his eyes. But, you know, as we're talking about parents and, and discipline, I know I get to talk about my family a lot. And I was blessed to have two parents who loved Jesus and had the goal to help my brothers and I um, know him and walk with him as well. And, you know, some things I remember about my parents is they were a team. There was never... 
picking sides, but they made decisions together for our family. They they disciplined together and they were united and on the same front. So there was no trying to um, sway one of their opinions. And um, I'm thankful for that now. And um, also some words that I think of is they weren't passive um, and they were intentional. And really, we've, we've talked about those two words a lot as we've gone through a lot of these different heart cries the past few weeks of it takes um, intentionality to really achieve um, all of these goals that we're talking about. So I can remember a specific time. I don't know what I had done, but I had gotten in trouble and um, I was about to be disciplined. And my dad looked at me and he was like, I just need you to know this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. And you know, as a kid, you're like, yeah, right. Like, uh, no. Um, but I remember him saying that. And, you know, this hurts me more than it's going to hurt you. And I'm doing this because I love you and I want the best for you. And, you know, now I can see what he was doing. And it really makes me think, um, Joe, of of Hebrews 12, 11, that says, no discipline seems pleasant at the moment, but later yields the fruit of righteousness. And he was worried about the later part. Um, he knew it wasn't pleasant at the moment for me or for him, but he wanted me to one day yield the fruit of righteousness. And so for that, I'm thankful. Joe, I think one of the things that's tricky for families is there's not really a clear equation when it comes to discipline. A plus B doesn't equal C every time, you know, when it comes to discipline and raising kids. Every kid's different. Every home's different. Certainly, Scripture gives us framework. um, But, you know, some families use work as a discipline. And in the Robbins house, we don't because we work every day. And I don't want to associate work and chores with uh, punishment. Sure. And so I I think that's one of the challenges is— you know how do you how do you set clear expectations and a standard in your home and what is the discipline that's in place to affirm you know who we are as a family and how we're going to care for people and carry ourselves um, and so coach if you can give us just some some framework for that I think that'd be super helpful. Shay, it's a great question. Um, I really appreciated uh, Dr. Dobson's book when we were raising children called Dare to Discipline. I think that book put Dr. Dobson on the map years and years ago as a great Christian family coach. But there's many ways to discipline. Uh, one, it's it's vital. It's important. Uh, some people ground their children, which can be very effective. Some people uh, used loss of privilege as discipline, can be very effective. As an old football coach, Shay, uh, my boys did a lot of running hills. <laughs> effective. And, and, and we did a lot of push-ups. And uh, may not just work for football, but it may work for any kind of boy in any kind of trouble. Um, but 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 we always did those things together. You know, we'd, we would run together and do push-ups together. It was a whole lot more effective that way. But whatever you use, you know, some parents spank and some parents don't spank. But whatever you do in discipline, you want to build a few things. Discipline is consequences that build a memory. You want the child to remember what the consequence was. You want to build a positive attitude. And as uh, Chuck Swindoll says, you want to continue the discipline and maintain 
the discipline until your child develops a soft attitude. Screaming in defiance does not equal the end of discipline because you always want to build humility in your child when you discipline your child. And then you want to build long-term a relationship through the discipline. Those all can be accomplished during discipline. If you'll just practice about five things. One, discipline a child with the right attitude. Maybe you need to pray or maybe you need to postpone the discipline until you as a parent have settled down. Maybe there needs to be a brief timeout, not for the child necessarily to settle down, but maybe for you to settle down. Don't ever discipline out of anger. And then you want to discipline the right way. Certainly not in harshness. Certainly not in screaming fights. There's proper discipline, and then there's discipline that creates shame, and it creates guilt, and it creates long-term scars. Remember, parents, the relationship is everything in the long run. And then you want to discipline the right amount. If discipline is too light and the kid thinks it's a joke, he's not going to grow. If you over-discipline, he's just going to rebel against you. And then discipline deserves the right finish. It deserves a hug. It deserves a good conversation. It deserves a good understanding of the value of the child, even though what the child did wasn't good, acceptable, valuable. The child certainly is. And then it ends with the right follow-up. I remember one time I was running out to uh, Colorado Springs to do a broadcast with folks on the family, and it was going to be on this very subject, on discipline. And Dr. Dobson and I were going to talk about the book Dare to Discipline. And I interviewed about 12 high school students who were in a home that was a resident care facility for taking care of kids who had grown up without discipline, and now they were rebelling and they were of no use to their family or home until they developed a better attitude. And so I met with these teenage boys, and I said, man, I'm going to be talking to a few million people tomorrow about discipline. What's your advice? And one kid spoke up. He said, tell your moms to follow through. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, my mom's a pushover. He said, I just get by with whatever I want to get by with, and she'll tell me she's going to ground me, and then she'll cut it short, or she'll tell me that I can't use the car, and then I'll make excuses, and I'll get the car. Tell them to follow through, and follow through includes prayer. Follow through includes affirmation when that phase of discipline ends. Some of you may be pulling over on the highway right now to write all this down, so I'm going <laughs> to read these back to you. Discipline with the right attitude, the right way, the right amount with the right finish and the right follow-up. I love that. Hey listeners, Shay Robbins here. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to personally ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you. Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at canacuck.com. And now, back to the show. And Joe, I think 
you know, a huge part of this is establishing clear expectations. And this doesn't matter whether it's your locker room, your home, or, you know, within a business organization, a group of people can agree upon the desired culture of that setting. And if you do that on the front end, hey, what do we want as a family? What do we want as a team? What do we, what do we want the environment to be like? How do you want to feel when you're here? I want to feel safe. I want to feel comfortable. I want to feel at peace. And when you agree upon that desired culture, and then you set clear expectations of here is the discipline that will follow if any of us step outside of that culture, then we know exactly what to expect. And that, that provides clarity. And a lot of times in my home, and in fact, I'm just, I'm thinking of a specific example the other day where the, my Ashley was having to ask the kids two or three or four times in order to get a response. And so based off of the, this little micro culture that was happening in our home, I hit a timeout and I said, I want to see everybody's eyes right now. And, and I, I told him, here's the deal. Mom is only going to ask once. And if I hear mom raise her voice today, there's going to be X consequence. You can count on it. And would you believe it? I bet she they did, jumped too. <laughs> she did not raise her, her voice once more that day. But, but thank you, Lord, for clear expectations. Because we as human beings, we can live up to expectations when the bar is clear. Like we can live up to that. And as a leader, whether it's your home, your locker room, et cetera, we've got to create that culture with clarity. Shay, I love that you're talking about expectations. That's something I try to instill in our our staff at camp is um, to give your campers expectations. And like you said, when those aren't met, then we get to enter into, you know, discipline as well. But, um, you know, it's kind of funny, Joe, some of my favorite times at camp are actually in discipline conversations with staff and campers because really the heart, the goal of those conversations is heart transformation not punishment, um, not behavior modification, but to get to share the hope and the heart of the gospel through whatever situation brought them into that conversation. And, you know, something that camp has taught me is that we get to enter into discipline with that child. I can think of, you know, some situations where I got to walk with a little girl picking up rocks off of the putt-putt course as we talked about what happened and um, what we can learn from that, how we want to grow from this situation. But it was so neat to get to do that with them um, where they felt a safety and security um, and they weren't out there alone and they weren't feeling shame like we talked about last week, but they got to receive grace by having someone enter in to the mess and the brokenness with them and to get to have conversations. And um, we get to remain calm and patient. And again, like last week, we talked about grace. We get to shower them um, with God's grace and love and mercy because that's what we've been been given as well. So, so fun to get to, to show that to campers. And when you're supposed to be at the slip and slide and you're picking up rocks on the putt-putt green, love that. things can turn around fast. Things can turn around <laughs> fast. That's right. Motivating. You know, ultimately, again, we just go back to that Hebrews 12, 6, the heartbeat of discipline is love. That's it. And I, you know, I think it's probably super important for us to personalize this. This is how I need to perceive God's correction in my life. You know, I know when I'm wrong 
And it's often a big pill to swallow when I am. But trusting that God's, the discipline that he has for me in my error, it is, it's from the hand of a loving father that wants to bring me along my way and to grow me up in my faith and, and to perfect me as a man. And I, I want that. I want to grow up. So if your home needs a reset in the area of discipline, uh, a great place to start is the next time your child needs discipline. And one of the best tools for discipline, believe it or not, Shay, is not a board or a spoon. It's an iPhone. And I don't mean you hit them with it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to spangle with an iPhone? No. I just mean... When a child gets an iPhone or a computer or something like video a, games, like a video game, those things are expensive, young man. Those things are also dangerous, young lady. They've got things on there that one costs a lot of money and two can be very harmful. And so as we do this little sweet birthday gift, I want you to write down a little contract. You write it. And if it's a good one, then I'll sign it with you. And a contract includes parents. Everything you want includes deportment at school. It includes grades. It includes the way you treat your mother. It includes the way you do curfews. It includes keeping the driving laws if it's a car. And then it also includes the discipline. And so as a 16-year-old son who gets a car, and we experienced this, it was very effective in our home, then, then the son writes the contract. And the discipline, he told me, was one month without my license. If I break the contract, one month without my license. And sure enough, there was a little speeding situation that went on, a little red flashing light that went on, and the young man got a ticket. And the young man the next day put his car keys on my desk for a month. And so if you, if you do that ahead of time, we're going to take the iPhone for a week. We're going to take the iPhone for a month. We're going to take the, the car for... Then the child knows, as Shay said, going in with the expectations, he knows. You don't have to argue. You don't have to fight. All you do is bring out the contract. Parents who do this well save themselves from a lot of screaming and a lot of arguing and a whole lot of bad behavior. And then the last tool, Shay, I call the elevator. And if you need this, just email us at camp and I'll get it to you. But the elevator, also developed for Focus on the Family Broadcasting at one time, is a six-level tier like a hotel with an elevator shaft down the middle. And the rooms on the left and right, on the left side of the elevator are freedoms, on the right side are responsibilities. And so a child begins on level three. He's starting to act out a little bit. He's 14 years old. He's starting to disobey the rules and buck the walls or whatever. And so you get out the elevator and you go, okay, we're on level three. Now the responsibilities on level three include whatever, at least to be average, include speaking well to your mother and speaking well to your father, include not, no bad language, et cetera, et cetera. And the freedoms, if you do this, are, you know what? You get to go to school, you get to come home, you get to have a warm meal, you get to have a roof over your house, and that's it. 
Now, if you do the responsibilities of the fourth floor, the elevator goes up. And then you add more freedoms, parents. And you add more responsibilities. And then if, the, if, if level four is acted out really well for a month, then you go up to level five. More freedoms, but more responsibilities. And then if the child is acting out and being rebellious, the elevator goes down to level two. And that is complete grounding, no phone, no car, no friends, school, home, study, bed. And if they act that one out, goes down to level one, where you have to send them to some kind of a facility that takes care of kids that are completely, completely out of line, and they're no longer able to be trained at home. No child wants to do that. No parents wants to do that. Everybody wants freedom. But every freedom deserves equal responsibilities. Well, friends, this has been quite a journey, and we have arrived at the end. This concludes the Cry of the Heart series. And Joe, just want to thank you and encourage you. This content is extremely valuable, and we're so excited to put it out there in your toolbox. And we just pray and hope that as friends and family members that that these Cry the Heart episodes serve as tools in your tools box that you can share with those that need them um, at the right time. And so we want to thank you for joining us both today and throughout the series. And we hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to family, friendships, and spiritual growth. And with that, I'd love to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for helping us grow up. We thank you for a loving hand that brings us along our way, um, even when it requires a rebuke or a discipline. We know from your word that that it's out of love, and we see the fruit of that. Pray that we would wield um, this responsibility well in our lives and in the lives of those that that we care for and we lead. I pray, God, that you would help us to grow up in our faith. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacook, you can visit canacook.com.